0: On this episode of Fantasy NFL Today, man, the brand new Lock It Up segment did not start out smoothly. We also review how our start and sit went in week one, which is much better than our Lock It Up segment. And then finally, we end the episode with the waiver wire. Who are we going out there to grab tonight to improve our rosters or add depth where we need it most? All of your questions are answered, and it all starts now. Welcome to Fantasy NFL Today, presented by Hoop Ball. Today is Tuesday, September 14th. I am your host, Anthony Germain, and you can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T A L K I N G, Talking Sunday, all one word. And well, the Lock It Up segment is off to a rough start with the first five picks of the season only going one and four, with our only win coming last night from the loss vegas raiders home opener on monday night football like i said such a raiders game and they actually almost pulled a classic raider botch at the end there when they turned the ball over in overtime on the goal line just an absolute crazy game like i said it doesn't make much sense with john gruden he always gets up for these big games even though they should have lost they won And now they'll probably get demolished in week two against the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. But nonetheless, a great Monday night football game to kick off the regular season. And yeah, we're not going to hide behind the rough start. We went one and four, but no shame there. And we talked about this with the boss. These weeks will happen. And they're more likely going to happen early on in the season than later. We told you, we talked about money management on Friday. The key early on is steady Eddie. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So hopefully most of you out there did not lose that much money. So down go the Washington football team. We lose Ryan Fitzpatrick early. And like I've said on this pod, Taylor Heineke is not a good quarterback. I know he had a nice performance in that playoff game last year but he's going to be a problem for this Washington team long-term. And the Chargers just might be better than I originally gave them credit for because it looks like that offensive line might be top tier. I think they let up the least amount of pressure in week one. And as we all know, that Washington defensive line is one of the best in the league. So something to keep an eye on there. But down goes Washington for one of my top picks down goes the jets and the over and down goes the biggest shocker in my opinion the new england patriots minus three at home against tuatunga vailoa and the miami dolphins i think if damian harris doesn't fumble the ball there we lock that one in but you can't win bets with woulda coulda shoulda so a dreary one and four start for the new lock it up segment but i'm not worried not even at the least scared money doesn't make money and I can't wait to get to week two so let's recap a little what happened this weekend see where we went wrong where we went right and look at this week's top ads off your waiver wire and take a look at maybe who we can drop so let's do a quick recap of last week we told you to start Carson Wentz Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts at quarterback Carson Wentz wasn't great, wasn't bad. 251 passing yards, two touchdowns, but zero interceptions. That's a big step for Carson Wentz, but he had a real nice matchup last week. Mac Jones was a bad one to start with only 281 passing yards and one touchdown, but also had zero turnovers. But Jalen Hurts finishes the week as the QB5. We talked about him on this very pod, how quarterback Jalen Hurts was the biggest sleeper at the position. So if you waited on quarterback, Hurts should be a phenomenal start for you week in and week out. He is already paying dividends as he finished as the QB5 on the week, throwing for 264 yards and three touchdowns while tacking on 62 rushing yards on the ground. We said it. The dual quarterback can crush you in the rushing game, and that's exactly what we're looking for in fantasy football. And, man, he looked pretty damn good through the air as well. Because my other top sleeper of the year, Devontae Smith, showed out in a big way with six catches for 71 yards and a touchdown against the Atlanta Falcons in his NFL debut. We had three quarterbacks on our list to sit. That was Matt Ryan, Joe Barrow, and Jameis Winston matt ryan finishes the week as the qb 31 and i gotta tell you i am worried about every single player on this falcons team i'm not ready to give up on anyone because we can't overreact here in week one but i'm worried because i could tell you right now matt ryan is a shot fighter and i hope you didn't start him because we featured him here as a sit of the week at the quarterback position on fantasy nfl today It's over, and I'm worried about Calvin Ridley's production and even Kyle Pitts' production. When I spoke about the Eagles surprising people, it was more from the offensive side of the ball. I knew the defense would be a little bit better, but holding Calvin Ridley to only five catches for 51 yards is very concerning. 51 yards against that Eagles secondary? I mean, come on, guys. This is all a product of Matt Ryan. He can't move. He has a noodle arm i keep a very close eye if you own Calvin Ridley in any of your leagues and start thinking of some solid trade offers you can make within your league before it's too late. Joe Burrow was another solid sit. He didn't have necessarily a terrible day throwing for 261 yards and two touchdowns. But my fear lies in that Bengals offensive line. They have one of the worst lines in the league, and we saw it this past Sunday when Burrow was the third most sacked quarterback behind Ryan Tannehill and Zach Wilson going down five times. At this rate, he will not make it through the entire season again. So, again, my hunch here was correct. We were dead wrong with Jameis Winston. Even though we got this one wrong, I'm calling it a fluke. Why do you ask? Jameis Winston had less passing yards than Andy Dalton and Matt Ryan with only 148 passing yards. Yes, he threw for five touchdowns and zero interceptions, but that's not something that's sustainable. The team ran the ball 31 times between Alvin Kamara and Tony Jones Jr. So congrats to everyone that started Jameis Winston, but I wouldn't expect this trend to continue. So moving on to the running backs that we recommended you to start. Our number one start of the week was Raheem Mostert and or Trey Sermon. This theory stands correct, but no one could have predicted a healthy Trey Sermon scratch and a quick injury to the starter Raheem Mostert. Elijah Mitchell was the running back we were looking for as he was thrust into the starting role with 19 carries, 104 yards, and one touchdown as he absolutely shredded that Detroit Lions defense number two was damian harris he finished the day as the rb 19 kind of got this one right because of the volume the volume was there he had 23 carries and broke the triple digit mark with 100 rushing yards the problem was he didn't reach the end zone and the other problem was he fumbled the ball and bill belichick does not take to fumbling lightly our third running back that we hit the nail on the head was kareem the dream hunt kareem hunt did exactly what i thought he was going to do and that was get revenge on his old team the kansas city chiefs that had cut him two years ago we already knew that he was touchdown dependent but we really liked his matchup against that kansas city run defense and he was able to get into that end zone finishing as the rb 16 of the week james robinson we got this one wrong guys and this Hindsight 2020, call it what you will. This was a stupid call on my part. Robinson only got five carries for 25 yards and three catches for 29 yards. He was outplayed by the thorn that goes everywhere. Carlos Hyde, who only got three more touches than Robinson, but he was still outplayed. It seems pretty clear and obvious now that head coach Urban Meyer plans to make this a completely even running back by committee. So James Robinson was a big swing and miss. Some sits that we got right, Saquon Barkley. And that was a tough one. That was a hard one. He only received 10 carries for 26 yards. Just an absolute brutal mismatch with that Giants offensive line versus that Denver stout front seven. Like I said on Friday's pod, I will never ever tell you to sit a player of Saquon Barkley's caliber but I put the warning out there I fired the shot in the air I ended up benching him in favor for Darrell Henderson on my fantasy team slotting in wide receiver T Higgins into my flex and it worked out in my favor but again it was a very very tough decision to make and I'm never ever going to tell you to bench somebody like him it's tough but sometimes it just has to be done And we were dead wrong about these three running backs to sit in Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, and Josh Jacobs. I was dead wrong for all three running backs as they finished in the top 11 for the week. Joe Mixon absolutely crushed it, finishing as the RB3 with the most carries of the day from any other running back with 29 total carries. He ran for 127 yards and a touchdown and caught four for 23 yards through the air. If this type of workload continues, this could be the biggest miss of the season. But on the other hand, if this workload continues, he might not make it through the whole season. We've seen him and his injury problems in the past. Running back David Montgomery was another shocker to me on Sunday Night Football. Monty was the lone bright star on the entire Bears offense, and he is just awesome. Just an amazing running back he finished with 16 carries for 108 and a touchdown against that LA Rams front seven just an absolute beast and someone you're going to want to have in your lineup no matter the matchup going forward and sorry but Josh Jacobs is just another fluke here like Jameis Winston he ended up scoring twice but if you look at the yardage it's a little concerning for Jacob owners moving forward He was only able to muster 34 yards on 10 carries being outperformed by Drake on the ground and through the air. Drake was able to snag five catches through the air for 59 yards. And like I told you guys all summer, we're taking Kenyon Drake five rounds later than Josh Jacobs. So we'll let Josh Jacobs have his touchdowns for now. But as we saw last night, he's already banged up. And I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to make it through an entire NFC season anyways. We really, really hit a home run here with our starts of the week from the wide receiver position. Our number one start of the week was Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel, and I know a lot of you are about to rip your hair out, but we hit an absolute home run with Debo Samuel, the bully on the block Sundays, not Friday. Grab nine catches for an amazing 189 yards and a touchdown. Samuel, as you guys all know, was one of our biggest sleepers of the year, and he strikes gold in week one. I am, however, stunned. That Brandon Ayuk went for zero catches, zero yards, and zero touchdowns. But if you've listened to Fantasy NFL today from the beginning, you shouldn't have Brandon Ayuk on your team in the first place. We've talked about how all of his production has come from a lack of tight end George Kittle and wide receiver Debo Samuel in that offense last season when they missed most of the year with injury. But zero catches for zero yards and zero touchdowns is still straight up crazy. One of our starters, Odell Beckham, ended up not playing. So, you know, we can go ahead and scratch that out. But wide receiver Cooper Cup on the Los Angeles Rams finished as the wide receiver 12. And another topic we discussed on Friday was this type of receiver that Matt Stafford tends to favor big body, true alpha number one. Guys, we've seen Matt Stafford favor Calvin Johnson, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. And now his new favorite target in LA is wide receiver Cooper Cup and it seems like the two have built a solid chemistry as they lit the Chicago Bears to smithereens. Cup led the team with 10 targets and led the team in receptions with 7 catches, 108 yards, and 1 touchdown. And last, my dude, Corey Davis, delivered in a big way for all fantasy owners with five catches, 97 yards, and two touchdowns. Another receiver here in Corey Davis that has built solid chemistry with his new quarterback all summer long, while Elijah Moore has been dealing with an injury, and veteran Jamison Crowder has had contract issues. So no surprise here as Corey Davis finishes as the wide receiver five on the week. We also hit three of our four sits. Wide receiver Chase Claypool finishes with an abysmal week as the wide receiver 51. I've been telling you guys all year to fade Pittsburgh receivers because now that Najee Harris is in the picture, that offense is going to look completely different. Wide receiver Marquez Callaway had a terrible matchup. And although Jameis Winston had thrown those five touchdowns, Callaway had a terrible matchup against that Green Bay secondary and wide receiver Allen robinson another premier wide receiver that is extremely hard to bench finishes as the wide receiver 63 against that chicago bears defense the only one we got wrong was jamar chase as he shockingly finishes as the wide receiver 14 i was wrong about this guy but i don't think many fantasy owners started him anyways after his lackluster training camp but man did he prove us all wrong going for five catches 101 yards and one touchdown in his first nfl game Okay, so now that we're all caught up, let's get to the good stuff. Let's figure out what we're doing tonight when we go to that waiver wire. Who are we going to add and maybe some of the guys we're going to drop? If you're looking for a quarterback, I have about three of them here for you. Number one, I have Derek Carr. He led all quarterbacks in passing yards with 435 and added two passing touchdowns during Monday Night Football. We've talked about Carr in the past as one of the safest quarterbacks to own in fantasy. So if you're someone still looking for a solid quarterback to add, Derek Carr is your guy. Number two, I have Jameis Winston. He still might be floating around in a lot of leagues. Certainly someone to add, but just be cautious. Like we just talked about with Winston, we know he just passed for five touchdowns against the Packers but he only had 148 passing yards while the team ran the ball 31 times between Alvin Kamara and Tony Jones Jr. So certainly Winston is someone to add, but just be cautious. And last, we can still add Zach Wilson, the rookie on the New York Jets. He finished as the quarterback 22 which was actually higher than Justin Herbert. He still only owned in 17% of Yahoo leagues, and he looked like a completely different quarterback in the second half once he got the nerves out. So Zach Wilson is still a quarterback we can stash right now, and the deeper we go into the season, hopefully he'll blossom into a superstar. Now, the prize of the night the one everybody is going to be hunting for, and that's the running back Elijah Mitchell from the San Francisco 49ers. He's probably going to be the most popular pickup of the night with Raheem Mostert going down with an injury and Trey Sermon being that healthy scratch. Eli Mitchell was thrust into that starting role. I always liked Eli Mitchell coming out of college, but once he went to the Niners, I started to back off a bit because of the depth that they have there. I understand the upside of having a San Francisco running back, but make no mistake about it. Trey Sermon will be activated next week. Mitchell will certainly get the start due to his success last week, but expect a healthy mix between himself, Sermon, and even Jermichael Hastley. If you're playing in fab leagues, meaning free agent acquisition budget. You have to pay or bid for your free agents. I'm willing to bid 25 to 30% of my budget in getting Elijah Mitchell. Another running back to consider adding tonight is Eagles rookie running back Kenneth Gainwell. The ex-Colts offensive coordinator Nick Ceriani has already told us he wants to use Gainwell the same way he used Naheem Hines last season with Jonathan Taylor, and he's not lying. Keep in mind, though, that Kenny Gainwell definitely benefited from an Eagles ass-waxing against the Falcons, but I still think they're going to use this kid more and more the deeper we go down the rabbit hole. Carlos Hyde, running back of the Houston Texans, Is another running back to consider tonight. Like we discussed earlier with James Robinson, Hine is a thorn no matter where he goes, and he out-touched and out-produced Robinson on the day. I think Urban Meyer has plans to deploy a complete split and even backfield between the two, and Hyde is still floating around out there on the waivers. And last for running back is Tony Jones Jr. on the New Orleans Saints. We've talked about this guy for a couple of weeks now, and he received 11 of the 31 carries the Saints were handing out on Sunday. Like Gainwell, TJ benefited from an absolute smackdown the Saints laid on the Green Bay Packers. But the Saints have already stated that Tony Jones Jr. will take over Latavius Murray's old role on the team, and that should be enough for you to go out and grab him. I have about four wide receivers you should be targeting. And number one is rookie wide receiver Rondell Moore with the Arizona Cardinals. He grabbed four catches for 68 yards and no touchdown. But he did tie for third in targets with Christian Kirk. And he looks like he belongs even though he's super short. He's a nice solid add here if you're lacking depth at the wide receiver position in that air raid offense. Number two is wide receiver Sterling Shepard with the New York football Giants. Might be one of the most underrated wide receivers in the game and led the Giants in both targets and receptions against the Denver Broncos stout defense going for seven grabs, 113 yards and one touchdown. Number three is Brian Edwards who was quiet for most of Monday Night Football until he turned it on in overtime finishing with four catches and 81 yards and just shy of the game winning touchdown. That's the kind of game and confidence booster we're looking for to see this man take the next step forward. I had Brian Edwards as my number 9 overall wide receiver sleeper of the year, and I like where this is now heading. And my last pickup of the week is wide receiver Cole Beasley with the Buffalo Bills, and it's just a simple matter of fact that the passing volume on the Buffalo Bills offense is too high to pass on someone like Beasley who tied Stephon Diggs in targets with 12 some quick guys i would avoid altogether that you might be hearing out there is wide receiver kj hamler with the with the denver broncos just not interested in the guy i understand that jerry judy is now on the ir i would pick up tim patrick before kj hamler remember kj hamler is more of the boom or bust type of receivers that we don't really want on our fantasy teams running back Gio Bernard is another running back to avoid head coach Bruce Arians has already announced that they'll be starting Ronald Jones this week and then expect another full running back committee with Leonard Fournette in there as well Bernard may get a few touches may get a few receptions he's not worth a spot on your rosters and I would also completely avoid Christian Kirk and AJ Green on the Arizona Cardinals even though they had a good solid day well that's our show for today I hope everyone had a fantastic week one. I hope everyone was able to start off their fantasy leagues 1-0. and 0. And if you've been following this podcast the entire time, you should have smashed the competition and left some of your opponents in the dust. So let's keep this train rolling, full steam ahead, and we will talk to you on Thursday.